This is Fern Hall, and you're listening to Aetherite Radio. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to Lorecast from Aetherite Radio. This is a brand new show. Uh, that's going to be accompanying our lore columns here at GamerEscape.com. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, uh, we have two columns that we do every so often. One is the lore train, uh, which is factual information that has been verified uh, by Square Enix or published by Square Enix on their lore forums. Uh, and the second we have is lore crafting, which is basically lore theory based on known information. We take a couple ideas, throw them together, and say, hey, what if this and this, and a lot of fun, and... Who knows if it's true or not. Uh, I'm Fusion X. You may have uh, heard of me before. And joining me, we have our uh, resident lore whore. We have Anwell. How's it going? Uh, AKA Anonymous. He's like a thousand names. We don't have a set schedule uh, for the podcast or for the columns. However, uh, the idea is that when we put a column out, we'll also have a podcast to go along with it, which we'll talk about uh, the topic in the article. Simple enough. Today's episode, we're going to talk about Primals, Summons, and Deities. Um, and so we have a spoiler alert here. We are going to talk about some stuff from some of the main scenario quests, specifically those focusing around Good King Mugglemog. So if you haven't gotten to that point yet and you don't want anything spoiled, you probably shouldn't listen to this show or read the article or do anything involving lore crafting because lore crafting is usually full of spoilers. So that being said, we'll uh, get right into the topic here. Before we dive into this, we want to do a little bit of a background leaving into Primals here. So, the Garlemald Empire, or Garlean Empire rather, which is in Garlemald, founded in 1521, right? And by 1557, gains control of Othard. And that's where they encounter Primals. This is the first time they're over there, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, what's that thing? <laughs> until it until it destroys pretty much half of their They don't get along. There. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't go very well. I think the only part that's really confusing about this is that we're, we're kind of led to believe that the summoning start in Eorzea due to the imbalance of the ether uh, related to the Battle of Silver Tear Skies. That doesn't seem to be the case, though, because if the Empire is founded in 1521 and they control Othard by 1557, somewhere in there having primals uh, implies that this has been going on a lot longer. And keep in mind, too, the identity, it was just one primal, right? That I don't know. Uh, wait, are we talking about in Othard? Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, they, they do use the plural, plural term on the website. Okay. Um, so it's just a question it, just, of the identity of these primals then. We don't know yeah, who we, they are, where they came from. No idea. They were there, and Garlands were not fans. All right, so 1562, um, the Empire makes a move uh, into Mordona. They hear, oh, hey, there's a bunch of Aether going down uh, in Mordona here. And people use that to summon primals. And we don't like primals, uh, as we mentioned. So the idea is they get in there, they control the territory, they control the Aether. And then that way the beast tribes won't be able to get in there uh, and summon their primals in Eorzea. Because um, if that happened, then you know all the other uh, beast tribes in Ilsabard and uh, Othard, they'd say, hey, look what these guys are doing. We should do that, too because the Empire would be even less happy about that. So they want to get in there and try and nip it in the bud. Uh, unfortunately, they do the opposite. <laughs> the Agrius gets in a, in, a, in a fight with Midgard Swarmer. They go down, they explode, and they break the Seal of Aether in Mordona, which, it appears, releases a bunch of primals. 
Primal Explosion is actually probably one of the most confusing like things for me. It's, yeah, Primal Explosion, trademark. Um, <laughs> we have no idea really what that was. Um, was the seal just containing the confluence of ether and then all of that ether being sent into the stream? Uh, did that just give them the access to summon it? Or was what we saw of all of the primals flying out of it, was that somehow related to them being contained there before? Like the essences themselves. I have no idea what's up with that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll jump ahead as we, as we kind of try and figure out what this was. Um, so our definition of a primal, what we're going with here, is an essence normally diffused amongst the Aether. Um, when the Calamity befalls the world, those who believe in the primals can cry out to them for salvation, and this essence is drawn from the Aether to our realm uh, via the summoning ritual. And to maintain a physical form, these primals uh, need to devour or consume the Aether. And the sustenance of that um, can be a crystal, um, which is a form of concentrated Aether, or um, if you look at the extreme primals, um, there's actually sacrifices um, that are kind of being used to power the primals in in this uh, in these instances as well. So it's basically a bunch of guys get together, they pray really hard, they give them, they say, "Hey, oh, here's a battery, come do stuff," and that that's that's a primal right there. Um, the question that comes out of that though is, what is the original essence? What created that? How did that form in the first place? Uh, and that's that's the, that's the big question mark when we talk about primals. I had nothing. Yeah, I, I, got, I got absolutely <laughs> nothing. Um, we're told that there's essences as about as deep as it goes in relation to some of the theories we're talking about today. Uh, we got kind of the idea of the prayer. Could just a lot of people praying to the same type of concept be enough to create an essence? Um, that's kind of the only thing I've got going right now. Uh, otherwise, there would just take it for granted. There were essences. They're there. They're primordial. That period. Take it. Take it for granted. And I think. And I think that's kind of a common thought that comes uh, when you talk about primals and um, things like how do they start? How do they come about? Um, do they have like a memory attached to them? It's all this idea of. When you die, your body goes back into the aether, back into the life stream, and so maybe those memories kind of build upon each other, or maybe they don't. We don't, you know, we don't know. We return to the planet in some fashion. I'm so confused about their memories. We got Garuda in version 1.0. When she's resummoned, she is just furious that we, the woken ones, would use the power of the crystal to quote waken the other from slumber. And at first, we don't really know what she's talking about. We later learn that's Bahamut. Mm -hmm. um, so how does she know about Bahamut? Does she remember Bahamut? Was she around for Bahamut? Also, we're pronouncing it Bahamut now, even though it's been Bahamut forever. But I'm, <laughs> let, I'm letting that go. I'm letting it go. I'm over it. Um, but then Ifrit turns up in uh, 2.0. And he gives a very similar speech to the one he gave in 1.0 that the Paragon warned of godless blessed, except he doesn't seem to remember that he's ever dealt with them before, which, I mean, I guess you could attribute that to the Warriors of Light being erased from everybody's memory, but everyone else remembers you, you that the like the primals would be above that, though, right? Yeah, you, you think you, something's up. I don't know. I have my, no idea what's up with that memory. My, with the memory bit, I think the part that bugs me the most is um, we have Ultima Weapon, right? Correct. It's this piece of ancient Allegan tech that presumably the Allegans use to help defeat the primals. And there's that cutscene where, you know, Garuda throws her little party and fights Ifrit and Titan, and uh, Ultima ends up snacking on Garuda like a fat kid with a chocolate Easter bunny. He just bites oh. her head right off. 
and nowhere in this was there any hint of like oh no not this thing again they're just like freaking out and running around and trying to fight it like it's you know it's like they didn't even know what it was yeah but shouldn't they theoretically um it depends on how old they are um i mean they all were around a long time ago third astral era five thousand years ish if the primals that we're dealing with now were created their essences were created long after that they might not know what it is maybe um that might tie into what an elder primal is they're just, they're just old. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're just maybe they're old. Maybe they're from previous eras. Maybe the term means that those who thought of them and created the essence are no longer around. Maybe it just means that they're still summoned from the last time they were. I have no idea. You know, and another point too with with the Ultima Weapon. Um, you know, there there is talk. You know, they find this thing under under Alamigo, and you know they they work on it and whatever. Maybe it just it's a different form, right? Maybe it's still the same thing that the Allegans used, but maybe you know they prettied it up or whatever gave it a fresh coat of paint you know i i got a really heavy impression that it looks nothing like it used to um clearly they know they know how to build it when we're going through the praetorium we're getting pieces of the legs breaking through the walls so they they know how to build it so it's the overcoating that looks new which uh is actually kind of good news for the canon because i was really confused as to why it was wearing gaius's armor yeah it looks a lot like his setup. Well, I mean, if, if you think about it, right, uh, you know, you're 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 doing some some archaeological digs and you find this ancient weapon. You're not just going to be like, all right, let's turn the on switch on and just see what happens. No, you're going to you're going to research it a little bit. You're going to see what it can do. You're going to build upon that a little bit. Um, and so maybe Ultima just had a different form then. Um, if, you know, if Garuda, uh, if Reed and Titan did exist um, and possibly encountered, you know, the Ultima weapon before or whatever it was called back then. Maybe it just looks different, so that's why they didn't recognize it. It's hard. That would that would say a lot. That would say a lot for Gaius's narcissism, I think, because <laughs> it was always his obsession to conquer Eorzea. And if he's if he's got to rely on a machine to do it, I guess I guess the machine might as well look like him too. Yeah. yeah back to Primal Explosion, we kind of jumped ahead a little bit, um, but yeah. So basically, Midgard Stormer, the Agrius come down. There's an explosion. There's all these beams of light that shoot up out of this, and you see this in the original opening for 1.0. Um, and we get a look at Ifrit and Titan for sure are in there, uh, but there's a lot of different beams of light shooting out of this thing. Um, and so the question is, is it just something where they were in the Aether and we just kind of saw like their essences shooting out with the explosion when the seal broke? Or were they put in there for a reason? Um, you know, you could, you know, throw out a whole different bunch of ideas. Um, you know, maybe, you know, the weapon that... Uh, you know, as the ultimate weapon, maybe when the Allegans had it, maybe they rounded them all up, put them in jail, and stuck them right underneath Silver Tear Lake. And now with the seal is broken, they came running out of that. I didn't even think of this until you mentioned it the first time. But yeah, what, what if they were just all trapped there? Maybe that was the nature of the seal. It had much less to do with ether and much more to do with primals. Um, I mean, we know, we, we know they had the ability to contain them. Um, Ultima weapon consumes them. The Alog hero uh, locked Odin in a crystal and just left him in Gridania. Um, so they had the technology, but is that what was going on? Again, yeah. I got nothing. I don't know. And, and you know, that's the other question too, right? Is, you know, with the, the idea that the Allegan put him there, well, then where the hell did Midgard Swarmer come from? Because <laughs> Midgard Swarmer was, uh, was appointed by, uh, shoot, it was Nimia. Yeah, Althika Nimea. And Althika, yeah. If I'm pronouncing those even close yeah. to right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> those are supposed to be the oldest of the 12, like fate and time. So, I mean, that's time and fate give you a job. You're probably supposed to do it. So it's like, yeah, it's like we're we're giving these guys a timeout. Midgard Stormer, you can just you can just chill here. Yeah, forever. <laughs> Keep this under wraps. We'll be back. Yeah. Somebody from accounting said you were really looking to do like a guard position. If you want to sit this lake for a few hundred years. <laughs> So make I'm sure really, nothing explodes on the ground, okay? <laughs> the timeline's a little wonky there for me. I mean, everything seems to relate back to the Alog, and they were here long before most of the Wandering Races showed up. Mm-hmm. So we have the lore of when the Wandering Races show up, the the only thing in Eorzea was the Twelve. They took us in and looked out for us. So I'm thinking there there might be a little... Um, fudging going on in the history who's who's the guy that took all the desperate stories and put them all together i gotta look up his name i think <laughs> i think he might have hit the smudge tool a little hard on that in fact yeah i mean and that's that's the thing too right with all this stuff um and it's really interesting because you know as we're digging into this lore you find things that could link up you know there's no hard evidence but it's like oh this, this could be this or could be that or this uh, but there's never anything that's like, wow, that is just totally, completely not even like in the park. <laughs> like that's not even close to anything. You know, that's they didn't they didn't uh, fact check that good. I think the the only issue that we've ever had with that is probably what the, the location of the Crystal Tower, right? Because yeah, the problem uh, with localization is there's <laughs> different languages, and so in you know in one language it says, oh. It's in the east and the other, you know, language. Oh, no, it's in the west. We're looking. It's like, well, it's clearly <laughs> over here. I've been running into a lot of that. Um, when I look at all four languages side by side, there are a lot of small differences. And sometimes those differences are not so small at all. That's going to come up again when we talk about uh, the Limsa Limensa 1.0 story, which is a lot simpler after you get past the errors. Uh, and that's something I, I know we had talked about it, um, especially with, with uh, patch 2.1 uh, and its reliance on some of the original old Oz story, uh, which is oh, I'm so excited. Cool that it's there. Um, but a lot of players that are new to the game or had nothing to do with old on 1.0, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this emotional? Yeah. So that's, that's something we're going to look into. I think those would be good, uh, good lore trains to do at some point. I'm really uh, looking forward to doing it. It's going to take a lot of, of time to get, um, the transcripts together. That's the only thing that's going to take. Yeah. It's, you know, a little time consuming when we do a thorough job of it. I mean, the, the White Raven article that we put out back right before launch. That was, what, three, four months? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my entire summer. Yeah, so uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, it won't take that long. Um, no, I, I think that experience got me a little closer. And uh, with the White Raven, there was a lot of unanswered questions, and we didn't know which ones relied on history we didn't have and which ones relied on history we're going to get, so we had to ask. Um, so, okay, we have Primals out of the way. We have the Essence thing that they're kind of theoretically just kind of in there maybe they came out maybe they were imprisoned or what but long story short they were in this seal they came out these tribes are summoning them uh, which is the exact opposite of what the empire wanted so they they go to mordona trying to make sure that the, the primals don't get out and that's exactly what happens good job guys mission accomplished good job and and, and they're down they're down in agrius too after that that's that's a bit of a disappointment Oh, I've got to pull up that old picture I made. Oh, I forgot about that. I had a picture of um, George Bush on the aircraft carrier with like the Mission Accomplished banner in the background, but I totally shopped out him and put um, Galvis. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the uh, 
the emperor emperor yeah of, of garamond um <laughs> that's funny i could just i could see like you know gal was given gaius the keys all right you know we got this new flagship you know try not to to get a scratch on it the whole thing just blows up and it's just sitting there in the middle of this territory that they wanted to control yeah thanks that's not gonna make us look weak to anybody guys good job well they dealt with primals before um so I think I think Caius got a little bit of a pass on that one. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, oh, great. Well, I mean, you kill them, they come back. Let's just head back to Alamigo and figure this out. And they just kind of stalled there for 15 years or yeah. 10, 10 more years. Gallus is just like, all right, you know what, guys, you need a timeout. Where's Nail? Just we'll just what, what do you want to do? How do you want to handle this without blowing up all my airships? <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm amazed that he sat there for 10 whole years before Nail showed up. Just like, hey, um, so remember how we brought back Magitech without the magic? I'm thinking of doing that with Meteor. That sound that sound good. That sounds good. Let's, let's, let's cross the whole realm. No <laughs> big deal. everything gone. No more problem. We're just not going to work. We'll start from scratch. What could possibly? go wrong except for us unleashing another primal <laughs> <laughs> the last thing we blew something up there was there was a much bigger primal problem but i'm pretty sure this time we're gonna blow something up and it, we're not gonna have to deal with any primals I, and whatsoever. i had connected the dots there yeah anytime the empire tries anything that just <laughs> end up bringing out more primals <laughs> i'd i'd love to just like see the faces of the average citizens or maybe even just the emperor when he got the report just right there's not going to be any more primals this time. Uh, there's another one. So oh. you, you guys, you guys know we we don't want those guys around, right? Like that's of course. We're not, we're not trying to bring them out. We're trying to not just to avoid any confusion because that's what you guys have been doing for the last you know 15, 20 years. You've been doing the opposite of what we've been wanting. Just want to make sure we're on the same page here. Well, we see we see Gaius watching from a pretty safe distance, so we know that there are some people looking on who aren't running for their lives. I just like to imagine that one of them was like, "Oh, come on." I would have loved to have seen Gaius and his ship after Dalmid breaks open. Yeah, <laughs> just imagine turn, the, turn the it pilot around, turn doing it a Yui going, nope. <laughs> Again with the dragons. It's always the dragons. <laughs> I'm not losing another ship to these bastards. <laughs> so moving on, um, this is going to get into uh, some more, uh, well, I should say uh, the spoiler territory since a lot of the stuff we talked about was more just kind of a, a lore and history thing. Good King Mogulmog. Um, and I, we had actually, it's funny because we had talked about this a little bit before the patch and i remember once the patch came out i was doing this quest and i'm like oh man we like we we were totally on to something which is awesome when that happens because that means we're on the right track of just you know thinking out loud so right now with king uh, good king Mogomog, uh the 12th there's no evidence that he was part of that group of primals in the mordona seal obviously you know when the 1.0 intro came out it was very early there was only Ifrit and Titan, you know, the place with the Aetherite was supposedly like the Adventurer's Guild and Lim's Hello Men. So that's how old it was. So things have obviously changed, but there's no proof in game right now to, that says, hey, the Good King popped up right when all the other primals did. Um, so there's nothing to link him to like that group. Um, and during these cutscenes, um, I believe it's Connie Senna that says a myth made manifest uh, via means akin to those employed by beast tribes. In the summoning of their gods. That's how the Mughal's guard are um, summoning the good king. And then I think it's, is it Ida? That says, wait, so you're saying that a handful of Mughals with a boatload of crystals wished really, really hard and he just sort of, sort of appeared? Would that even work? And apparently the answer is yes. That's, that's a much clearer hint than we got in 1.0. Because like, <laughs> yeah. when we were talking about this before, we definitely had a hint that Mughal was not akin to the primals yeah, as they, much they as they always said he wasn't a primal but it was right just, 
we need more content. And so he's kind of like a primal, but he's not. All Louis Wa said about it was that they summoned him as if he were a primal. And that's been my only evidence for <laughs> ever since right. that patch. Uh, so this this is much better evidence, I think. And I and I love this because it opens the door for so many possibilities. I mean, you know, kind of in the same way um, that they have, uh, you know, the uh, the minstrel and Ultima Hard Mode. There's so many ways that they could use that device to, you know, I mean, they could do anything with it. If I were to inject myself into the game and I went around and I gathered, you know, a bunch of people and I said, okay. I'm going to draw this up for you guys. This is a burrito night. He's a burrito <laughs> in heavy plate mail. And all he wants to do is cover people in chunky salsa. We're going to think really, really hard. And we're going to put some, some crystals over here. And we're going to summon it. Could you imagine being tempered by the burrito? <laughs> Bring <laughs> hot sauce. You just go around. You're just like, I want to cover you in salsa. What? <laughs> chunky salsa. That's a weird fetish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's interesting. Because if... This, if this holds true, if they just kind of think it, right, and it happens, a whole lot of other weird stuff could be summoned. When we first started getting into the primals, I started thinking, like, who's going to be the next one? Who's going to be the next one? Because we only had Ifrit at the time. And yeah. we knew Garuda was probably coming. We knew Titan might be coming. And then we kind of swapped Titan out for Moggle. Well, Titan, um, Titan was actually in one of the original um, cutscenes or videos for 1.0. Um, but then some stuff happened in Japan... Uh, and Titan and Leviathan were pushed back a little bit. So the idea here is that uh, Mogulmog may not exist like Effort and Titan do, right? Because obviously first, because we don't see him, but second off, just based on the dialogue here, it sounds like, you know, he's a myth. He doesn't exist. Um, he's just this, you know, figure from, from Google legend. Um, the dialogue's as a, as a opposed hit. As opposed to a god, which I think is a big, you know, it's like, um, like if me and Anwil got together and, okay, we could we could either you know summon like Jesus who is like a god, or we could summon like Tom Cruise who's just like a popular figure <laughs> in our you know like <laughs> you know that's that's kind of what it comes down to is it's the difference between a god and just a popular figure in history. Um, uh, do you do you remember that thread, um, the Jesus primal? Oh, it, it, it vaguely <laughs> someone someone in the lore forums is kind of making a half joking post about how they were so offended that we had to fight the god odin because they were a disciple of odin and they demand that for equality among the offensiveness that there had to be a primal jesus right yeah and it's I, one of the funniest threads ever we're certainly not uh, not aiming to offend anybody um, of course no it, of course it gets, not. it gets it gets very easy once you start talking about religion though there's a lot of it, people get offended really easily so that is that isn't our intent <laughs> if well, no, it just it ties into the quest um because yeah. papa limo is very very dismissive of the idea that the Mogomog story is real not blatantly so but he seems to just kind of be like well that's that's fiction kind of like that's cool he had a really long rope let me okay. tell you about the 12 though <laughs> But everyone's like that. Um, there was there was an NPC in 1.0 who just he didn't want to talk about the idea of, of Dalamid being anything analog because it's been there since the beginning of time. It's just part of like the organic growing of religion in Eorzea. Right. And I guess when you kind of make real world analogies to that, it starts to get a little. Uh, but I, I like the effort Square Enix has put in to make this seem organic and growing in real life, because, I mean, 
in a lot of stuff, you're just you're given the lore. You can walk around the world and pick up books about the lore. It's very, very clear what's happened and what people believe. But here you have so little information. It can go so many ways that we're practically just going full ancient aliens on it right now. We've talked about what primals are. We've talked about what Good King Mogamog is. I'm going to call him a summon. Okay. So we have primals and we have summons. Okay. Um, primals being the ones that existed previously. Summons being the one that they just kind of pop out of nowhere when they're summoned. Makes sense, right? Really curious as to how deep that divide is. Um, I mean, it's it's all in the open right now. Um, the, the strongest evidence I've seen about Mogul is just that his tempering is really weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually when we have someone tempered, we just have to execute them. There's no going back. And with Mogul, we just gave the Mughal's guard a, a, thir- a firm thrashing. Just smacked them really and hard. And they're like, all right, they had, to, they had to apologize in front of absolutely everyone. And now everything's fine. You just, you just go up and you just, you know, you slap them. They're like, my bad. Won't do it again. Well, I'd love to Good. see us get to that point with like a free. Like we just gather everyone up and bring well, them back and, to Uldah. And you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, for people that aren't familiar with uh, the Amulja uh, Brotherhood of the Ash dailies or those that haven't actually read the quests, which I know is, is very tempting to skip over since they're dailies. Um, some of them actually involve you trying um, a process to untemper people. Which I thought was really cool. Once, because I'll, I'll admit I was one of those people. I'm like, oh, it's a daily, whatever. Skip, skip, accept, you know, whatever. And I, I started reading it. And I was like, holy crap! <laughs> like, if they can cure tempering, that's huge. I'm excited to see where it's going. Um, I didn't think we were really going to see that many friendly beast tribes. I figured, like, I figured that's why the Amalja looked so big and muscly and threatening, and the Sylphs were still really like small cabbage-looking things. Because, like, I figured that was the primal influence that it was making them powerful to make their army, but. Um, the Amalja, it seems, have have been this warrior race for a long time. And seeing them untempered is really, really cool. It's it's interesting because one of the, the earlier um, theories that we played around with was um, the behavior of the primal. Was it something that was just, that's how they came up? Or was it something that the, the beast tribes that summon them kind of pass on to them? Or, you know, the other part of that is, are the beast tribes maybe just simply affected by the aether in their lands and so naturally the uh you know the sylphs are very protective of their land because that's how ramu is or you know i mean you know how does that work it's very chicken and egg garuda is is a great example um because we see like all right with the kobold and and titan uh all they want is to be left alone to have their land to be protected and that's all titan does he's not outwardly violent until the lamensons start breaking their word and encroaching on the kobold but with garuda she's vicious and you have to wonder is is that a difference between the elements because earth is is stable and still and cold where wind is capricious and violent or is it because the Exal themselves are so angry about being exiled from the Twelveswood and always being at war. Like, did they pass that to Garuda? It's I don't know. It's very chicken and egg. I know, I know me. part of that. Part of that original theory too was when you you know going back to the primal explosion, they kind of shoot off into different directions. And I was thinking, well, we know that you know the life stream is kind of like this river, right? And you know rivers have forks and branches and everything. Maybe you know there's like a this channel of the live stream flowing under, you know, where these strongholds are and the aether around that is affecting the people there. And I mean, and they've, they've actually talked a little bit about like exposure to aether, right? That was a big thing. Starting right. I always wondered, I always wondered if that's what tempering originally was, that it was, um, 
like being so close to that much ether because there is an ether sickness it makes you paranoid and angry and i thought that's what the primal was doing but it turns out they're tempering yeah so a little bit of a different thing there um so moving on now um going off of uh king mogulmog we have the 12 deities right so the beastman gods right they're primals we know that those exist um we've seen uh if written titan prior to um them being summoned by the Amulja and the kobold however the gods that we worship, the 12 deities, we haven't seen these guys anywhere before. We just kind of, they just exist. Like, that's just their, th- I mean, the only representation we've ever seen of them are the statues of Nald and Thal. And those, technically, I don't think count since those are just, the, you know, the individual guys, not actually Nald Thal, which is the deity, right? So, we don't really have a good physical image in our heads of what these people look like. We can come up with ideas. You know, Nalthal is a merchant. He's probably got a cloak and a cane or something walking around asking people if, you know, they want to buy a, you know, five-month subscription to something. <laughs> um, maybe not. I don't think he's the deity of magazine merchants. Um, it's but... a form of commerce. <laughs> I mean, right. I, I bet I bet magazine merchants pray to him for good luck. Just gotta, be like a door slammed in their face. Gotta make the gill somehow, right? And so, you know, we haven't seen our gods. Um, so the question is, how do we know that they exist and they're not product of myth like Good King Mongolmong? Um, back right before the Calamity happened, uh, Louis Soir went around and put their symbols on a bunch of stuff around Eorzea. And he says, go and pray to these things because we're going to need their help. And so uh, we go and we pray to these symbols that are engraved uh, at various locations. And then during the Battle of Cartano, Louisois, you know, summons the 12. And we don't see, you know, these giant guys up here. We just see, you know, these giant glowing symbols. Um, so the question is, if if we were to summon the 12, why would we not get a physical embodiment as opposed to just a symbol? Does that mean that they don't exist and we just summoned what we know, what, you know, what images we're familiar with? If we're not on to anything, like just to play devil's advocate, if we're not on to anything, um, we can fall back on the excuse that Louis will only summon their strength, um, mm. that he never went full with the full summoning. Um, but it does, to me, seem like we're on to something. I mean, he tells everyone to focus on these symbols carved into the rocks and pray. And that might be the only visual that we all had in common, that this was the symbol we were praying to. Um what confuses me is that I don't think that the 12 are supposed to be non-existent. I think that the legend is supposed to tie into something that happened in the past. But everything about 14 when it was first released was about the embrace of the 12 on Eorzea and how we were, uh, you know, if you were called by the elementals, you were a messenger of Nofika. Um, it, it's all been tied into them being powerful but it doesn't seem like that's what we summoned to me i mean if, if we're summoning the strength of the gods wouldn't wouldn't that have been able to you know stop bahamut of course you know going by that same rationale the almulja they summon ifrit shouldn't their god be able to stop you know us meddling adventures and our stupid chocobos like <laughs> yeah well bahamut had a ton of ether um like Every pi- every primal we fell, that ether went to Bahamut. Yeah, all, that, all that farming that we did for up. primal weapons in 1.0, yeah, thanks for that. Good guys. job, good job. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting theory, and it's it's one that it's hard to say because there's no hard evidence to prove that they do exist, right? But at the same time, 
you know, you could kind of follow a trail to say, well, maybe they don't. So, and, and this is, you know, this is, again, one of the, the beautiful things about lore crafting is, you know, we can put, a, you know, take some pieces from here and there and say, well, hey, what if, you know, what if the gods aren't real? <laughs> and we have a little bit of evidence that can help support that. Um, unfortunately, there's not, I don't think, a whole lot um, to support that they do exist. But, you know, generally in these games, when they have a whole, you know, kind of religious base with these gods, they probably do exist. But it's interesting to, you know, look at things that prove otherwise. For me, it always comes back to a quote from Frenholz. Um He was talking about the whole subject with us. Uh, I think it was the GC Midlander thread, which went on for thousands of posts. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he referred to organically growing religion in this game as perhaps, you know, the story just gets better and better over time. Uh, in some, a great warrior is a hero, and next he's a saint, and the next he's a god. Like, these things just grow over time. And could that be what's going on? Who knows? And I've always wondered, like, was he using an example or was he giving a hint? Right. And if he was giving a hint, it's a, it's a pretty big hint now that we've seen Acheron. Yeah. Like, if if there were other augmented Alog just kind of wandering around left over from the third astral era when we showed up, we would have, they would have made an impression. Yeah. Especially if they're that big. Yeah. Um, so really, it's, it's more of like a wait and see game. Um, we didn't know much about like Altana and Pramathia until the very end of the main Final Fantasy XI stories. And even then, that took the story all the way back to the first lore they ever released. And wow, it was really close to the truth. Totally different game, though. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's I There's was a just, couple people. I'm sure. Let's not go too far back that, into yeah. all that, but this is a fourteen to, show. To bring it back around, like just Square Enix has done this in the past, where yeah. what they say in the beginning of the mythology is very mythological and suspect. It sounds just like any other legend you might have heard, but once you know everything in the end, and you go back and you realize, wow, there was a form of truth there the entire time. And it's going to be probably years before we put that together. But this theory that we're talking about now, could that be the right one? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It could be way off. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. There have, there have been a few moments where I just, I mean, when, when Dalamid first turned on, I'm like, oh, maybe it's a Magitek powering up. And that was like a total Nostradamus moment. And then... Yeah, I've been way, way off a yeah, lot of other times. Well, yeah, it turns out that out of everything that we've talked about, the only thing that is actually true is the five races getting together to summon Burrito Knight. That's actually yeah, the only that's, thing. That's all that matters. <laughs> all right, so that's going to cover it, I think, for, for the topic. Did you have anything else you wanted to, to throw in here? Possibly. It might be a little too early to talk about it. We're going to have to look into it a little more. But I'm uh, looking at all the stuff we talked about today. Um, we get we get kind of a house of cards thing going. I mean, if <laughs> if Morizona was a seal that contained all the primals, and if they were sealed there by the Alog, and if the nature of the twelve is related to the Alog, um, this all reminds me of the War of the Titans in Greek mythology, which uh, I don't know if you know this or whoever's listening knows this, but Eorzea is based on Greece. It's about the city states of Greece. Uh, facing the might of the Persian Empire. And the empire we got might be a little more based on the Roman Empire, but still, it's it's based on that situation in Greece at the time. So a lot of stuff, if you want to know where to turn for the lore, start looking towards Greece. Um, and if the 12 Olympians 
sealed the primordial titans beneath Tartarus? Could it be that the 12, whatever they are now, our gods, sealed the primals? Um, but I, we're going to have to talk about that at a different That's, time. Uh, so what we're going to do, our, our plan right now is in two weeks, we'll do another lore crafting article talking about um, all that stuff. Um, it's going to take a little bit to, to dive into it. And it, it's one of those things where we're just kind of, we're having fun with it, right? Maybe this, maybe that, what if, if, you know, this and that. Um, and so we're, we're going to try not to spend forever writing these like we have in the past. Um, like this particular, uh, article about the, the primals and deities, um, I probably started this five weeks ago. <laughs> so the idea is we're going to try and, and put these out a little faster. Um, but we have, we'll have that coming up. Uh, we're going to do a lore train talking about uh, Lightning and her presence in Eorzea um, the same week that Lightning Returns Final Fantasy Thirteen comes out. And then we're going to segue into kind of coming off the Greek uh, mythology kick. Uh, we're going to look at some Norse, uh, Norse mythology stuff in Odin, I think. So lots of cool stuff coming up. Lots, I think it'll be a lot of comparing more so than what if, what if. You know, it's like, well, hey, look, this happened maybe, you know. So there's so much. Like, it's crazy. The deeper you dig into this stuff, the more light bulbs like pop up over your head and you go, oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm glad you made lore crafting. I mean, with lore train, yeah. it's, it's a long time before they come out. Uh, we have to do a lot of fact checking. We have to do a lot of like making sure, keep up face, reputation, all that other kind of stuff. But with this, we could just, you just sit around and BS about sit, what might be going stuff. on. Yeah, let's let's just talk about what it could be. You know, we're going to we're gonna discard about 90% of these theories in the future. But, you know, at the end of it, we'll pull out all the ones that were right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, a year from now we'll go back and we'll be like, we freaking called it <laughs> right Got here, it right this here. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore that burrito whole night. part about Burrito Night. <laughs> <laughs> we called Burrito Night three years ago. We told you guys, nobody believed us. All right, um, if you want to get in contact with the show, guys, if you have questions that you want to answer regarding uh, the world of Final Fantasy XIV, let us know. We would love to, to try and answer them, turn them into uh, their own articles and episodes, or maybe we'll you know if they're just kind of little things maybe we'll uh release uh, like a q a episode every so often or something let us know you can email us eighth radio at gamerscape.com uh throw lore in the subject line for us here uh also we're on twitter at eighth radio if you want to you know retweet us or tweet at us um ask us questions that way we'll, we'll watch both of those so do that and uh yeah, thanks for tuning in hope you guys enjoy the uh lore cast here um first episode let us know what you think uh, we're always looking for feedback um, and again these are going to be accompanying our lore columns on the website gamerscape.com thank you to Anwil for joining me anytime and uh, I'm Fusion X guys thanks for listening